Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. You Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought the good news. Think about that. No other church did this. Verse 16, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Now, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Or I love how one translation says, I want this to be credited to your account. This is a pretty cool, like, apostolic swag that Paul has. He's like, I'm receiving an offering, not because I need it. I'm good. But you need to give. Verse 18, at the moment, I have all that I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. By the way, week-in, week-out budget, monthly budget, we are well-supplied. Y'all have been so kind, so generous. This offering is not for that. Okay, this is different. Look what he goes on to say, verse 19. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Paul said, your gifts, verse 18, are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. I want to preach from this subject, when I give. Yo, preacher, what happens when I give? Let me answer that question. Father, I pray that you speak now in a powerful, undeniable way. I pray against the lies of the enemy and even anything in me that would try to influence this series. Lord, we just want to hear from you and your word. That's my prayer. Lord, let the Raiders win today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 All right. We're going to support this hometown team. Amen. I don't feel a lot of faith over here from you, but. Okay. When I give, number one, when I give, I join the few. Watch me. When I give, I join the few. Hey, Philippians, verse 15, you're the only one who gave. I've been preaching the gospel. I've been planting churches. I've been healing the sick. I've been raising the dead. I've been, think about this. Think about all the amazing things Paul did if you read the book of Acts. And he goes, you're the only one who gave. What does that mean? That means that the anointing of God can be upon you and people not believe in it. Paul said, God's on me. We're doing ministry. You received the good news. Many churches received the good news. Only you gave. Something amazing happens when a church decides to be a part of the few that say, we're not just going to watch the gospel happen. We're going to be a part of the message of the gospel. Paul said, you're the only one that helped me. And by the way, maybe you're wondering, like, yo, how does this work? Like, how do churches work? Like, do y'all get like a government grant? Or, Jabin, do you have like a rich uncle that pays for all this? Or is there like a multimillionaire in the church that's like funding? None of that's true. Let me tell you how City Light works. Week in and week out, faithful, regular people like you, like me, we give. 
We give our tithe, we give our offering, and it provides for ministry. That's how it happens. It does not happen through big bucks billionaire. It doesn't happen through a rich uncle. It doesn't happen through a government grant. It happens through just the weekly faithful tithes and offerings of God's people. And Paul said, you were the only church to partner with me in this ministry of giving. And listen, it was rare then. It's rare now. Only 3% of Americans who claim to be Christians tithe. Only 3%. The average Christian in America only gives 3% of their income away. Generosity has always been challenging because it's directly connected to our heart. That's why it's so quiet in here right now. <laughs> Literally, y'all, five minutes ago, make way through the fire. And now we're like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> 10 minutes ago, you're with your friend. You're like, this guy's awesome, right? You're going to love church. Now you're like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. What, wh- why do we get uncomfortable? Because it's so deeply connected to our heart. Not this. This. Soul, spirit, deep part of who I am. What, what did Jesus say? Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I love it in the Amplified. Where your treasure is, there your wishes, your desires. That thing on which your life centers around will be also. That's why the thing that you spend the most money on is the thing that you love the most. Listen, if you went to a casino and put a dollar on black, you're not going to care if you win or lose. You put $5,000 down, you're invested. And by the way, don't do that, okay? You don't build a $3 billion property on winners. Amen. So don't gamble, okay? Just go down there and eat and then go home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Support the waiters and waitresses, but then go home. Okay, amen. Uh, Jesus said, your, your heart, watch me, is following your treasure. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. That's why the number one way to fall in love with Jesus is give to the kingdom. Imagine if I did a message and said, who, who just wants to love Jesus more? Oh man, that's me, pastor. I just want to love Jesus more. Cool. Let's look at your giving and see how much you're giving. <laughs> Listen, the, the two humans that I love more than anybody else on this planet are my wife and my daughter for many reasons, including the fact that I am most financially invested into them. My heart follows my treasure. I love all y'all's cars, but I really love my cars. If you get in a wreck, I'm like, oh man, that's terrible. You okay? If I get in a wreck, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be This is my treasure. My heart... The, the core of who I am is following my treasure. Okay. And that's why it's okay that when we have these conversations, it's like kind of weird because it's very personal. It's okay. The seasoned saints in here who have been saved for a while and they, they're like, yeah, we love this because they're fired up because they know what God will do in their life. But if you're new, if you're new, you might be like, God, it's okay. Just, it's Okay. Okay, so this is a really cool story. John the Baptist is calling people to repentance. Luke chapter three. 
He's calling people to repent of their sin, be water baptized, really awesome scene. Here is the response to this preaching. Verse 10, they said, okay, what do we do? What does repentance look like? What does life change look like? What does this new life in Christ look like? Okay, John, I wanna repent of my sin. What does it practically look like when I give my life to God? Verse 11, John said, if you have two shirts, share one. If you have extra food, give it away. The tax collector said, what do we do? He said, don't collect any more than you're required to. The soldier said, what do we do? Don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Notice this. People are giving their life to God and they say, what does repentance look like? And John says, it looks like you treat people different and you treat money different. (laughs) How do I know Jesus has done something in my life? I treat people different and I spend different. Wow. I'm more generous with my love, with my forgiveness, with my grace, with my relationships, and I'm more generous financially. Your repentance, your walk with God, your new life in Christ should immediately manifest in how you treat people and how you handle money. Look what, look what Paul goes on to say now. Philippians 4, verse 15. You gave me financial help when I brought you the good news. You responded to the gospel with generosity. We do not give to purchase salvation, but we do give to thank God for salvation. Give me an amen, everybody. I give because I have been saved, and I give to create more opportunities for more people to be saved. How many know the gospel is free? Preaching the gospel is not free. Buildings are not free. Ministry is not free. Vision is not free. But the gospel is free. I give because of what God's done in my life. And I give because I want God to do that in other people's lives. Are y'all with me? Okay, now look at Zacchaeus. Y'all remember that little song from Kids Church? Zacchaeus was a, remember that little? Okay, well. Not a lot of church people in this crowd. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you're here. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Zacchaeus has been saved by Jesus. Jesus has come to his home. Jesus has eaten with him. Jesus has forgiven him of his sin. Zacchaeus is having this transformational moment with Christ. Look at Zacchaeus' response to the gospel. Luke 19, verse 8. I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody... I will pay back four times the amount. Wow. Zacchaeus gets saved and it immediately makes him more generous. Here's why I think Zacchaeus did this. I think he did this because he knew in his heart that money had a stronghold in his life. He knew that money was his God. And he's like, I gotta give this away. I think he wanted to bless others and not just himself. And I think he wanted to show a tangible way to everyone around him that his heart had been changed. Jesus forgives him of his sin and Zacchaeus goes, I want to be generous. I'm not buying anything from God, but I want to show God that I appreciate what he's done in my life. 
And when I give, I, I become part of the few. Wow. Number two. Is this okay? We all, we all good so far? Y'all still love me? Three of you? Okay, good. Number two. When I give, I remind myself of God's goodness. When I give, I remind myself of God's goodness. I, I, love, I love Paul's offering. Verse 17. I don't want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward. Paul said, I don't need it. You need it. Think about that. Because the Philippians would have been thinking, why would we give you an offering? You're in prison. What are you going to do with the money? You're, you're in jail. Jabin, why would we give right now? It's COVID. Paul said, it isn't for me. It's for you. God's going to take care of me because God's always taking care of me. It's for you. Do you know that if billionaire big bucks walked in today and said, I'm going to fund City Light until Jesus comes back, I would say, thank you so much. We would make sure that check cleared. Amen. Amen. And then next Sunday, I would still receive an offering. Because this isn't about keeping lights on. (laughs) Generosity is about the transformational work that the Holy Spirit does in me. And it is the way that God provides for me. Paul receives an offering and says, I don't need your money, but you need to give because of what it's going to do for you, for the reward you're going to receive. I'm okay. I'm good. He said, I'm amply supplied, but you need to give to receive a reward for your giving. This is one of the, it's like, Paul, what are you, what are you getting at? He's being very clear. This, this isn't him, you know, trying to guilt or use, you know, reverse psychology. He's just saying, y'all, this is how the kingdom works. Paul explains to the church again that this is for their benefit. Remember, with giving always comes receiving. With sowing always comes reaping. And with obedience always comes blessing. Y'all, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Butter and grits. Cake and ice cream. You can't separate the two. I'm getting a little hungry right now. Okay, praise the Lord. When you give, you will receive. And Paul says, This will be credited to your account. What is he saying? He's saying that spiritually, every time you give, you are storing up for yourself treasure in heaven. It's going into your heavenly bank account. What if every gift you gave, instead of seeing it even as giving, you just saw it as depositing? This one ain't going to the earth. This one's going to heaven. This one's going towards the future where moth and rust cannot destroy. This is going where thieves cannot break in and steal. He says, you'll receive a reward for your kindness. God is a giver. God is generous. God is kind. And he said, there is literally heavenly rewards, a heavenly account for the giver. Over 3,500 salvations in this church. Last week alone, 32 salvations. Who gets rewarded? you. Every tither, every giver. 
Every person who has sown into this house. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 41, when you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. What in the heck is he saying? He's saying when you receive support, partner with a prophet, a ministry, a pastor, a church, you receive their reward. I have led thousands and thousands and thousands of people to Christ. And it will not surprise me when I go to heaven and I get to shake the hands of so many people that I've led to Christ. What will surprise you is how many people who will walk past me and will go to you and thank you. And you'll go, when in the heck did I lead you to Jesus? And they go, you received the preacher. You partnered with the church. It went into your heavenly account. Isn't this amazing? Quick reminder, God is a giver. Quick reminder, Satan is a taker. So I start talking this way and the devil starts going, they just want your money. They just want your money. They just want your money. He just wants your money. What are they going to do with all that money? So let me remind you that you're in good company. Genesis chapter three, verse four. God says, hey guys, you see all this fruit? See all these trees? See this whole garden? Garden? Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve go, yeah, this is awesome. God goes, it's all yours. Just don't touch that one tree. That, that one's mine. Knowledge of the tree, of good and evil, that one's mine. That's, that's me. That's God's stuff. That's the God tree. All these other trees, they're yours. Eat, enjoy, love it. Satan comes and goes, God's trying to take from you. God's trying to withhold from you. God knows Verse five, Genesis three, verse five, that when you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. And from the very beginning, Satan is trying to separate Adam and Eve from God and trying to separate us from God by getting us to believe that God is a taker, that God is withholding, that God has stuff for us that we're not allowed to have, that God is this cosmic killjoy that is just trying to withhold things. And it made Adam and Eve question the character of God and they ate what they were not allowed to eat because instead of focusing on all that God gave them, they focused on the one thing they weren't allowed to touch. And the lie of the enemy has been the same since the beginning. And here's the lie of the enemy. God is a taker. God is withholding. I'm talking about reminding yourself of the goodness of God. Everything in that garden, watch me. Everything in the Garden of Eden belonged to God. Not just that tree, everything. Including that tree. But not eating from that tree was Adam and Eve's way of honoring God for all the other trees. We freak out about the tithe. But God is God. God could have said, give me 90 and figure out how to live on 10. <laughs> but instead he said, live off 90, give me 10. Why do I give God 10%? It's a whole number. I give God 10 to let God know that the 90's his too. But when I give the 10, I'm telling God, that's your tree. I don't touch that one. I don't eat from that one. I don't live off of that one. There is plenty in the garden to eat from. Yes. Yes. 
See, when you give, God is not getting something from you. When you give, God is positioning you to get something to you. You got to know this. There was a whole garden to eat from. And Adam and Eve were focused on the one thing they weren't allowed to have. (laughs) Friday for me was payday. I don't know about you, but I I got paid on Friday. First thing I did is I hopped on citylightvegas.com. I gave my offering. I did not give God 10% and then say, okay, don't bother me for another two weeks. I gave God 10% and then I whispered a prayer, something like this. And Lord, you know that I know that the 90, that's yours too. And whatever you want from the 90, that's your, it's all yours. But I'm gonna give you 10 to let you know that I know that it's all yours. I don't touch that tree. But the 90, whatever you want to do with it, Lord, if you want to bless it, multiply it, if you want it, if you tell me to give it all, I'll give it all, whatever you want to do. But I'm giving you 10 as a sign. Generosity is God's way of doing a deep work in my heart so that he can then trust me to get finances through me. Every time I give, I remind myself of the goodness of God. Lord, all of this is yours. This whole garden is yours. But I'm not going to touch that because that is my way of telling you I appreciate all of this. And Paul said, I am not receiving an offering because I need an offering. I am receiving an offering so that you will receive the reward for your giving. Wow. Number three, when I give, I expect provision, financial provision. See, verse 17 was all about spiritual provision. Verse 17 was all about our heavenly bank account, but verse 19 is about physical provision. Paul said the same God, verse 19. Everyone say the same God. The same God who takes care of me will provide for you. Paul could with boldness go, God's taking care of me. God's been good to me. And he'll be good to you. God's taking care of me. God will take care of you. God has provided for me. God will provide for you. God has been faithful to me. God will be faithful to you. And Paul, with total confidence, could tell his church that. And listen to me, with total confidence, this kid from Belen, New Mexico, population 1700, born and raised in a trailer in a trailer park, can look at you and say, God has been good to me. And I am not here because I'm the most talented. I'm not here because I'm the best. I'm not here because I'm the most anointed. I'm not here because I'm the best looking. Maybe because I'm the best looking. I am here... Because I gave my way here. And because I gave my way here, I received my way here. My wife and I decided we were going to be generous. We were going to live with an open hand. We were going to live trusting God. We were going to live in a way that said, God, all of this is yours. And I'm going to trust you with the bill. (laughs) And I can tell you the same God 
who has provided for me will provide for you. He said, he said it like this, God will supply. Here's what supply is. Supply is enough for all that I need and more than enough to be a blessing. That's supply. Enough for all that I need and more than enough to be a blessing. Doesn't mean you're gonna be a millionaire. Doesn't mean you're, it means, it means for all that you need. I believe that you can pay for your kids' weddings and not have to put it on credit cards that you're gonna have to be paying off the rest of your life. I believe you can live in a safe neighborhood. I believe God doesn't want you driving a car that is held together by anointing oil and Christian bumper stickers. <laughs> and if that's the one you drive, that's okay. I've, I've rocked that car multiple times and wrecked that car multiple times. <gasps> Praise the Lord. Uh, I believe there is provision for you. Provision doesn't mean a certain brand of shoes or a certain brand of vehicle. Provision means I have all that I need and more than enough to be a blessing. Now, when Paul uses this word that God will supply, it is the Greek word plero. It means to be full, complete, liberally supplied. Yo. This is right from your Greek lexicon. How many would like to live a life where you're liberally supplied? That would not paycheck to paycheck, not it's the, it's the 28th and you don't know how you're gonna make it to the end of the month, not liberally supplied. This is Paul's promise and not Paul's, it's God's promise from the scripture. To be filled to the brim, to abound in all things, including natural things. That's what the Greek note says, including natural things. In other words, they're letting you know this is not just spiritually. This is in every area of your life. Supply is when God takes responsibility for your provision. Yeah, we have to steward it. Yeah, we have to be wise. Yes, we have to use wisdom. But when we are generous, it is an invitation for God to become our provider. I'll end with this scripture. Let me have Zach come. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things, what are things? Things are things. Things are whatever you need. Houses, cars, roof over your head, food, clothing. Things are things. And Jesus went on just a few verses before and he said, don't freak out about things the way that unbelievers do. They live their whole life obsessed about things. Jesus said, don't obsess over things. Seek first the kingdom. And when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things that you need, you need them, they'll be added to you. Look at me, Christian. Every Christian, raise your hand if you're a Christian, if Jesus has saved you. Okay, you put your hand in. Look at me, Christian. When you seek things, you will always miss the kingdom. When you live your life obsessed about things, you'll always miss the kingdom. But when you seek the kingdom, things will find you. And I refuse to live my life in a way that is just seeking stuff. Not against stuff, like stuff. 
but I'm not seeking stuff. It's okay to have stuff as long as stuff doesn't have you. I just don't seek stuff. I seek the kingdom of God. And what is so amazing, according to Psalm 23, goodness and mercy just have a way of following me, chasing me down, making a way out of no way. Come on, somebody. I don't know if that's your testimony. But I can boldly preach everything I'm preaching today because I've lived it day after day after week after week after month after month after year after year. The same God that is taking care of me will take care of you. Not promising you an amount. I'm not promising you provision. But I'm not even the one promising it. God is. This is God's word. But I've been serious in my adult life about seeking the kingdom and not things. Yet somehow things have caught up with me and I'm grateful for that. This is not giving to get, watch me. This is giving to give again. Jabin, is this giving to get? No, it's giving to give again. Jabin, is this the prosperity gospel? No, this is giving to give again. Jabin, is this the thing that the weird guy on Christian TV at 3 a.m. is talking about? No, this is giving to give again. This is, I give, God provides, now I have more. I give more, God provides, now I have more. I give, God, I give to give again. I give to give again. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the next 22 days, and I want you to pray something like this. All right, Holy Spirit. What do you want to do? I'm in. If he doesn't talk back, you're good. If he talks back, you're good. Pray and obey. No pressure. No phone calls. No checking. Just you and the Holy Spirit. If this house has been a blessing to you, if this house has fed you spiritually, this is your home, and I want you to pray. If it's not, that's all right. And I believe if we'll all just pray, and if we'll all just obey, the pace of this vision can move a lot faster. And I believe in 2021, by the grace of God, I. I believe the right building will open. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen, somebody? That won't be the end of our vision. (laughs) We just need somewhere to breathe. We (laughs) we just need somewhere to have offices. Our team works in the lobby. I have a storage closet. There's nothing fancy back there. It's a storage closet with a chair and a mini fridge. (laughs) People always, they see me in the bathroom. Whoa, you, you come out here and pee with us? It's like... It's all we got, bro. I don't have some fancy green room back there. <laughs> and I don't care. We've seen a place where we have actual room for kids. and We've seen a place. And that'll be one of 10. 
We'll build another one. Then we'll build another one. Then we'll build another one. We'll build another one. Then we'll build another one. We'll build another one. Then we'll build another one. And then one day I'll be old. And then we'll give them all away to other pastors. And we'll be a blessing. And the gospel will go forth. And we'll leave a legacy. <laughs> okay. Let's just all pray. And I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for this amazing, generous church that has just opened their heart to us over the last two years. Thank you that you are leading and guiding us and you will speak to us in Jesus' name.